Memphis broadcasting legend, Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant and Brett. Greg Gaston joins us now like he does every single Thursday to talk Tigers. You can hear him every single morning on this station, Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. And if you were watching the game last night on ESPN+, Plus, you heard his voice for Tigers and Rice. Greg, oh, what happened last night with the Tigers? We, we knew about the three losses coming in, but I think everyone thought you get back home, you play, I mean... I hate to say it about a college basketball, a Division One college basketball team, but a really bad Rice team, and they go out and embarrass you on your home floor. What did you make of last night? Yeah, guys, good afternoon. I think we're all in a state of shock in this city. Whether yeah, or not you, you cover the Tigers, whether you care about the Tigers, you're just befuddled, you're puzzled. If we look at the losses, obviously it was a big breakdown in the South Florida game where they had a 20-point lead, and you were – you came at that one going, you know, how did that happen? All right, we'll bounce back. They go to Tulane, which is not always the easiest place for the Tigers to win at. They had lost the two previous years. They lose a tight one, could have won the game, had the lead down the stretch. You go, all right, what is going on here? Then the, re, the rivalry rekindled in Birmingham against UAB. Again, a rivalry game. They're up for it. Biggest crowd they've had in eight, in eight years, according to uh, their play-by-play guy, and they're able to win again. So you know there's a problem. But, okay, uh, all right, I can understand that with maybe a tad. You come into this Rice game with the Owls at 248 net, only Temple worse in the conference. You didn't think you'd have a problem with these Owls. Maybe it was the other Owls, Florida Atlantic, that you were worried about down the road. But these Owls, no problem, even as poorly as the Tigers have been playing, especially defensively. Surely they will win this game. And they go out, as you guys know, they put up, a measly 22 points in the first half, a team averaging in Memphis nearly 90 in conference play. They go for 22 points. They can't hit the side of a barn. They can't hit the water from the pier. They're 0 for shooting threes. They're turning the ball over. They have a change in the starting lineup. Guys look befuddled out there on the court. There's no continuity, no chemistry. And then in the second half, they start to come back early as they go inside the paint. They grab a lead late, and you think, okay, well, they're winning this game. If you had a chance at that point when the Tigers took a three-point lead and just played the money line, and most people out there you know, don't gamble, but for those who do, they'd all jump on Memphis. They got the lead. They're going to win. They'll win by eight or nine. They won't cover the spread, of course, which was foolish anyway, but they're going to win the game. And they lose the game. And Rice makes the plays down the stretch. And that's why I say it's a state of shock right now I called the game, and I'm still in a state of shock today. I don't know how I got through three hours this morning. <laughs> I, I, I think I was, I, I was sleepwalking. You were numb. I'm, I was numb. I'm still numb. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, you know, as I call a game on ESPN+, Plus, I try to call it down sure. the line you do. for both teams. It's not like I'm on the Tiger Radio Network where Wolo, it's, it's a little bit different, or what I do for football. But even calling the game, in my mind, I'm thinking, what is going on here? So, yeah, it's uh, it's about as bad as you're going to get a loss and about as bad as you're going to get a stretch for Tigers basketball. I think the warning sign last night came early with one point at one point. Uh, what was the early earliest sign last night of this is going to be a slog, this is going down to the last minute, and what was the early warning sign 
on this season that it could devolve into this? Well, last night I thought the early warning sign was that Penny had no patience. He changed the lineup and then started to pull guys out and put guys in. And Quinterly, who didn't start, was in the game about three minutes in. And he had played 10 guys by 10 minutes and then got an 11th guy in there. And remember, his son Jaden was hurt or he would have played. So it was he was scrambling. He was looking for answers. He was looking for combinations. He was looking for a spark from somebody. And you're having to do that at home in front of your home crowd against Rice. I knew that that could be a problem. Again, probably when I saw that line at 14 and a half, and I think it even went up, I saw that line from Vegas, and I go, that ain't happening. Memphis does not play close games, or doesn't play blowouts. They play close games. They never blow out anybody. They did, of course, run away with with, um, Virginia, and they did win big at uh, Wichita State with that big second half. But for the most part, as you guys know, down to the wire. So I saw that, and I go, okay, that's not right. Vegas is usually good, but that's not right. But I had to see them play. I knew Penny was changing the lineup. I talked to him about an hour and a half before the game. And just very quickly, it was like, wow, he's shoveling guys. and One thing is that the guys are in there, and they're going hard for five minutes, and they're breaking this uh, you know, huge sweat, and they're just dogged, tired, and he has to pull them to bring another five. That's one thing. This was just him searching for answers. That's when I knew right away that there was a problem. Well, you mentioned the uh, lineup changes. Jonathan Pierre and Aquan Tomlin both start for the Tigers. Uh, Javon Quinterly, like you mentioned, he came off the bench um, alongside uh, Nick Jordan. What did you think of that lineup? I know a lot of people have been talking about that starting lineup, no point guard out there, really no surefire ball handle. I mean, we know David Jones is a really good player, but uh, especially lately um, has, has turned the ball over a lot. What did you think when you first saw that starting five run out onto the court? Well, again, I knew what the starting line was going to be by talking to Penny. So, yeah. you know, I was asking him a question back in his office, and I said, who's going to be your primary ball handler? And he said, Jaquan Walton. He had no problems with Jaquan being the ball handler. I said, does he speak out there? Does he talk? Because <laughs> you're ba- basically putting Javon Quinterly on the pine to start this game because he has not communicated well as a floor general. And he said, no, he does all that. So I, I, I didn't see evidence of it, but it's not no. like, you know, Jaquan played poorly, but it was a message that was being sent to Quinterly. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was a little surprised, but again, I knew what was coming, um, but I was still dumbfounded by the lineup changes. I know that Penny has said that he doesn't necessarily have, at times, a lot of times on the floor, you know the five that are out there normally, that they are the best chemistry-wise. He has said that. He's basically said that, you know, I'm sacrificing chemistry for better players or athleticism or whatever. And I think it's finally caught up to him where he said, no, i got to find combinations that work. But he has not yet find those combina- or found those combinations that work. And the other thing is, I don't see how this team could even win games consistently, even against mediocre competition, if you're not playing those guys in Jones and Quinterly who still have issues. But if you don't have them in, who's scoring the basketball? So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Greg, he's he, Penny Hardaway is not being fired, and he shouldn't be subject to being fired over how this season is now unfolding. But he does, he will be very much under a lot of scrutiny going into next year. And what scares me more than anything else in this 
NIL world that we exist in, I think it will be hard to go to boosters this spring, this summer, and go, hey, I need I need X for X. I need this much money for this player. I think it will be very difficult after looking like this year was a swing and miss. But, I, but this is his sixth year. Josh Pastner had seven years. Penny Hardaway at least gets the amount of time Josh Pastner got. Well, first of all, as you know, the well, uh, you know, it runs dry a- after a while. It- it's not like there's going to be money there each and every year, which you need in this NIL world. So certainly it- it's not an ever-flowing amount of cash. So that could certainly be an issue if the boosters and those that are willing to give that money for NIL do not feel like the dividends are being paid. That That's always something. That's with every program, right, that situation. You need to win, and, and you need to win big. You know, Memphis, it's interesting how they look at football and then they have, how they look at basketball, the fan base. Um, football and it gets a lot of criticism here in the last few years, and all they did was go out there and win 10 games and, and win the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. But basketball, if, if they don't make this tournament after being 10th in the nation, I, I don't know how many teams in history were 10th in the nation in mid-January. Yeah and they didn't make the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's a, it, that's a fall from grace. Plus, it would mean only one tournament win in six years for Penny. But to your point, Brett, and you're right on, they're not making a change. Penny's not getting fired. That, that is not going to happen. And, you know, Penny right now, I don't know if he feels like the coaching staff is doing anything wrong. He, he, he feels that it's a perfect game plan, they have great practices, and they're not executing. The players, though, and we heard Javon Quinterly last night say, yeah, it's on us. It's not on the coach. It's not on Coach P. Uh, it, it's on the players. I think it's a combination. I think uh, there's a lot of blame to go around. But, yeah, with Pastner, um, they gave him a, an opportunity. Uh, he did well at first and then struggled. Obviously, Tubby, it was for a Hall of Fame coach. It, it just didn't work out. Um, uh, the whole PR and, and thing, getting out there out. in the public. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't going to work out. And you had Penny waiting in the wings, a guy who had cut his teeth, albeit at the high school level, he did have the coaching experience. But now you bring in a, a, not only a native son, but a legend, a guy who has given a lot of money to the university. He has taken less money to be a head coach. He cares generally about the kids. He cares a lot about this community. This, this, we remember, you and I certainly do, Brett, remember the whole thing with Larry Finch and how it came to an end. And it was awful. Uh, and it was, it was rough. People still haven't gotten over that. Mm-mm. But Larry Finch wasn't given millions and millions of dollars to the university. It, it, but he was know, Larry right now Finch. What's that? But he was Larry Finch. Yes, he was Larry Finch, which made it very, very tough and a hard decision to make. Again, people are still irate about that all these years later. I can't even imagine getting to that point with Penny Hardaway. Now, even though this is a a mitigating a a disaster over what has happened the last two weeks, it is not going to cost him the job. Even though there are people, we had a lot of people on our show call in and say, it's time, maybe it needs to be a change, maybe he needs to step down. No, I, I think he needs to be a little less stubborn in what he wants to do in running this NBA style program because it's college and I don't care if these kids are getting paid or not it's still college 
Last night watching Rice and watching that big man, Fiedler, play fundamentally sound the yeah. way he did. Didn't care about points. Didn't care about shots. Was able to make those beautiful bounce passes on those backdoor cuts. The movement of that offense. Setting screens. We don't see that. We see more. I'm not saying they don't have plays, Memphis, but it's it's mainly one-on-one. And that's when that selfishness comes in. And it's that he poor talks execution. About. It's poor execution. Defense, where they're absolutely lost out there. I don't think it's too complicated. I think they just are trying to help each other in this in this help defense, which does not always work. In yeah. fact, doesn't work most of the time. Go back to strict man-to-man. If you can't defend your man, then put somebody else in who can. And then if not, go to zone. Don't, don't worry about it. Okay, it's not a macho thing. Go to zone if you have to, especially to defend the perimeter, which teams are feasting on Memphis from the three-point strike. These are things that I think the coaching staff can do to get those players a more advantageous uh, chance to win games. Now, the thought is, well, we're going to play for Penny. So we're going to play for an NBA legend. We're going to play for an NBA offense, an NBA defense, to get us ready for the next level. Well, as you can see, it doesn't always work. And it's not always that the teams like Rice, obviously a bad basketball team, with fundamentally sound players. Although you have to have the Jimmys and the Joes as well. But you have to have that nice connection between the Jimmys and the Joes and the system that makes sense at the collegiate level. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, Max Fiedler because, uh, and I think you even made the point on the broadcast last night, kind of late in the first half, and and you've been saying his name all night already because of how much they got him the ball. The the offense was kind of running through him, um, and you said he doesn't have any points tonight, and, and has only taken like one or two shots um, because he wasn't worried about shots. He was really facilitating, working the ball around. You talk about that team being fundamentally sound. One thing I noticed watching that game last night, Rice comes in playing very fundamentally sound, moving the ball around. They're setting screens. Guys are cutting to the basket. Guys are constantly moving, constantly talking, communicating with each other. And then on the other end for the Tigers, I'm seeing a lot of guys sitting around. There were multiple times I'd look up and you'd have four guys sitting around the perimeter. Malco would be at about the free throw line or so. Nobody moving. Nobody showing efficiency. When they'd mm-hmm. set a screen, cut to the basket, very lackadaisical. Is that, do you contribute that to execution, just execution? Do you contribute that to the bad chemistry that we continue to hear? Do you contribute that to the coaches not getting these guys properly prepared? What do you contribute that to? Well, some of it I contribute to what I just said. That's the NBA. You watch yeah. the NBA, right? A lot of times these guys go into their respective corners or they go out on the uh, on the perimeter, on the wing, right? Mm-hmm. But then usually in about 10 seconds, here they go. Boom, here's the offense. Here's right. what they're doing. They're the best in the world. Yeah, when you're collegiate players, you're not the best in the world. So it's very hard to get that offense going in the final seconds. So you have a lot of standing around, and then what happens? Defenses collapse. They'll double-team the ball dribbler. Mm-hmm. He loses the handle. Then he has to hoist up the bad shot, or he throws the pass to the other guy with two seconds on the shot clock. You can't have that. You can't play that and consistently be good at the collegiate level unless you have five guys that are really on the same page. And you made a great point, great observation, Brian, about how quickly Rice was getting the ball out of their hands. Mm-hmm. Pass, 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 screen, cut, pass, screen, cut. Memphis dribble, dribble, dribble. David Jones, I got two guys on me. I'm still going to beat those two guys. Well, a lot of times he does because yeah. he's really talented, but a lot of times he doesn't. Or too much dribbling, and there's the dribble off the knee out of bounds. There's those type of things which just drive you crazy. 
Greg Gaston, our guest, is brought to you every week by Jim's Place Collierville, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, the law offices of Stephen Leffler, and Neil's Bar and Grill. I think at large bid is mostly uh, out of the question now. So for the Tigers, it will come down to Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena. But going into that and working on seeding, I, I said earlier today would be a seven seed playing the 10 on day one on Thursday, and that would be against Tulsa. If you won, it would be uh, advancing to play the two seed FAU. It's going to be a tough path. Well, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, it's hard to even comprehend what you just said about an at-large. Now, with, with that said, I did have a bracketologist guy on today, and I gave him a bunch of scenarios. It, it's still possible, but you can't you, – you basically have to run the table. Uh, I, I gave him a scenario, can you split with Florida Atlantic, lose one, either to SMU on the road or North Texas on the road, win the rest, get to the conference championship game, are you in as an at-large? And they said, yes, there's a good possibility because, again, they did a lot of good work at the beginning of the season. There is that chance. But then again, you have human beings behind closed doors looking at what have you done for me lately. So they see this stretch. But if you can all of a sudden find it, and that's the hard part, Brett, because nobody sees any answers to all these problems, to the dilemma. Nobody sees answers. Uh, They got Wichita State on Saturday. They beat them up in the second half in Wichita. Nobody right now feels good that Memphis will win the game or even go to Temple, the last place team in the conference, and, oh, that's an automatic dub. Nothing's automatic. But I, I still think there's that chance. But more than likely, they've played themselves out of the tournament, as you suggested. And, yes, going into the conference tournament at Dickey's Arena, you want to be in the best position you can be in to win that darn thing, and that's not have to play the first day. And right now, well, there, it's a double elimination type thing, but the second day, and right now you're playing because you're the sixth-place team currently in the conference. Can they make up ground? Yes, they can make up ground. But right now it is not a good picture that has been painted for at-large, for getting into the tournament as uh, as a bye team, or also making the run in the conference championship or conference tournament because, again, you'll have to play more games than you thought you would. Memphis for sure thought they would be a top-four seed. Still can be. Still can be, but right now, again, it's an uphill battle. Yeah, right Right now, seventh, but six or seventh, either one is in, in precarious shape for the postseason tournament. If you had, if I had, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I think you responded, okay? I'm not going to okay. drag you into, to this, this question because it's, it's, it's really loaded. If I had to bet it gets better or it gets worse before you get to Dickey's Arena, I would bet it gets worse. What do you think Ooh. of that supposition? They just lost to Rice. The only That's way it. it's getting the only way it's getting worse on the court is if they go to Philadelphia. Even though it's a road game, I understand, but I believe Rice, from what I saw last night, is actually better than Temple. That's where it can get worse. But I think well, it Temple get must worse. be bad. Yeah, but it can get worse There's somewhere else. Brett. Not on the hardwood in the locker room. Yeah, uh, at the practice yeah. facility, it can get worse. All of a sudden, you you hear. And now, I'm not quits. saying that that's going on. Right. I'm not saying that's going on right now. Again, JQ saying what he said last night. He said, no, no, we're fine. We, the problem is our chemistry on the court. It's not our chemistry away from the games themselves. But you never know what could ignite something in practice and all that. That's when it can get worse. That's when there could be total implosion. We're seeing the implosion on the court, but 
know, God forbid that happens also away from the court. I, I don't think it will, but that's where it can get worse. But sure, you, you continue this losing streak. Penny's longest is four, right? He's matched his longest. So if you turn around and lose the, is, I think that's correct, right, Brett? Brian, yeah. four in a row? I think that's it's right. the most, I think right? you're right. Yeah. Under I think Penny's so. there. Yeah. I, believe, I believe that's correct. And so if they lost to, to Wichita at home on Saturday, even though it's, I guess, technically because of net, it wouldn't be a worse loss than Rice, but that would be five in a row. That would be unprecedented. You'd be going into Philadelphia with your, with your tails between your legs. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is when people thought, okay, they're going to they're gonna get a right. They're going to beat Rice. They're going to beat Wichita State. They're going to beat Temple. They're getting a nice groove to play the tougher teams that they have left on their schedule, including Florida Atlantic twice. But they lose that first one to Rice, and now you've got to wonder where their mental state is. So is it possible to get worse? Yes, but it's pretty low after what happened last night. Yeah, Greg, I just checked it. The uh, The longest uh, losing streak for Penny was in 2022, four straight games, lost to Iowa State, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Murray State, all in non-conference, um, but this is by far his longest uh, conference losing streak. Um, after the game, I, I'm curious your thoughts on it, but a lot of people kind of before yesterday have been talking about, well, you know, a lot of these problems, you know, the team started losing, this team didn't, I guess just, I guess I shouldn't say start losing, but this team hasn't played as well since the addition of Naquan Tomlin. Naquan Tomlin's first game was that game against Vanderbilt, so a lot of people I've heard um, kind of trying to, to put those two together, and then last night after the game, Penny Hardaway, when talking to the media, kind of put words to that and said, not really blaming him at all, but saying, we have not been able to find our rhythm since we added Naquan Tomlin, and even added, I don't understand it because he's such a great player. What do you take that comment from Penny Hardaway as? Because I've heard a lot of people trying to say, well, he's saying that it's Naquan Tomlin is the issue. I don't see it that way, but what do you see it as? Yeah, I, I don't think he was trying to throw him under the bus, but that's when you got to nip it in the bud. You do not say anything, or you if you're asked that question, you, you don't you don't answer it. You move on and say, yeah. "No, Naquan's played really, really well," because he's going to unfortunately become the sacrificial lamb yeah. for a lot of fans out there. They won't blame Penny. They won't blame the system. They won't. Bl- they'll sit there and they'll look for something. Oh, look at the timing. Tomlin came, and all of a sudden, the team's not playing well. I don't know if it has anything to do with it. I just know that Tomlin's a pretty good player, mm-hmm. and he's actually produced for them. I think he's been their third leading yeah, scorer. Re- he rebounds last two, night. Yeah. And he rebounds. He's he fouled out of some games, too. But So, so since his, his arrival, I think he's the third leading scorer. I think it's the biggest coincidence like in history. I think it's just a coincidence, and people are going to look to blame somebody, and they're going to blame that kid. But it, it is intriguing, it is weird, it is strange. But if you're the coach, you got to take the, the high road on that one. Again, I don't think Penny, by any stretch, was blaming him. But that's one, you're asked that question and you go, hey, Naquan's played really well for us. We, he's a big part of this team. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. Well, Greg, as always, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Hopefully we'll be talking about some Tiger wins instead of Tiger losses. Thank you, Greg. I, 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 I know nice. today wasn't easy on yeah. you. Thank you. It wasn't for a lot of people. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Greg. See you next week.
Greg Gaston, he joins us every single week to talk Tigers, whether it's basketball, whether it's football. Uh, win or loss, we're going to talk Tigers That's with not Greg Gaston. No, it, it really is not. Well, uh, we need to get to a break, but before we do that, i got to tell you about our 5 o'clock sponsor. That's Hewlett & Dunn. Hewlett Dunn, Boot & Jean on the Historic Square in Carville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place, known for all the boots, but also clothes. Accessories and a cap for any team in any season. They've got Western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every single occasion you can find at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable: Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women. And they've got so many different type of clothing options: jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection. You'll find Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the Square in Carville or to their website, HewlettDunn.com. They've also got you covered with accessories like hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback, or cool hat you can think of. Whether it's the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got in for travel. Their bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please stop in, uh, give them a visit, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the Square in Carville. That's Hewlett and Dunn. Well, we need to get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Back in sports time. We got about 30 minutes left in today's show, and a couple things I wanted to get to during what's trending. Uh, first, uh, one kind of the uh, the big story out of the NFL this morning it was my not top story of the day, but I wanted to kind of get back into it. Uh, the Commanders have hired uh, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn to be their next head coach. Um, been wondering what direction. The Commanders would go. Dan Quinn has been a name that we've seen uh, really ever since we learned there was going to be an opening in Seattle. It seemed like Dan Quinn was name number one up there, and then they go into a different direction with another defensive coordinator. So the Commanders go out, hire Dan Quinn. Brett, what do you think of uh, of this hire for Washington? I think it's very Ron Rivera-esque. Yeah. It feels like Riverboat Ron in, in similar backgrounds. Sure. Dan Quinn... Lost a heartbreaking Super Bowl. Ron Rivera lost a heartbreaking mm-hmm. Super Bowl with the Panthers. Dan Quinn with the, the Falcons in the 28-3 blown lead. Yep. They're both defensive guys by background, training, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't see it being anything magical in old D.C. 
Mm, yeah, I um, I don't either, and it's gonna you know a lot of a lot of new in Washington with, Whole with new, new ownership groups new and new name and new quarterbacks. Talking about new stadium. Talking about B- new stadium. Badly needed. They you know they went one one direction with quarterback this year. We thought that that could be the. The future at quarterback, you know, develop them a little bit in, in Sam Howell, and now it looks like they, they want to go in a different direction at quarterback. And so for Dan Quinn, though, I think you're confident defensively you'll have a, a pretty good uh, group out there, but uh, I just don't see that offense in Washington really improving drastically. And oddly enough, the Wizards announced move to the Virginia suburbs yeah. could help the Commanders trying to land a new mm-hmm. stadium deal yeah. on the side of ORFK sure. in, in, in the district. And I think that's going to be badly needed. They're never going back to the, the old name. They're not. Mm-hmm. But you can at least get away from that marketing logo scheme that NFL properties drew up for you. Yeah. You could go back to it looking like Washington under Joe Gibbs and George Allen without going back to that nickname. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. No, I, I'm with you on that. And so, you know, now a new head coach up there. And for the Cowboys, what do they do? I mean, now you got to replace defensive coordinator. I've heard a couple of names out there, um, including Ron Rivera. I've heard some people throw out there um, for defensive coordinator. But I, I don't know what way they go. Great bear, great player, great Cal bear, great Chicago uh-huh, yeah. bear, good defensive mind. Had the big year to get to Super Bowl 50, largely by Cam Newton's. Yeah. MVP year, but I think otherwise, you know, stuck on blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm with very you changing that. sports scene though in Washington D.C. Yes. compared to the the heyday of George Allen and Joe Gibbs. You didn't for some of those years. You did for some. You had the Baltimore Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for a long stretch, you didn't have anything in Baltimore. To the yep. Ravens showed up. You didn't have the Nationals in right. in, in D.C. You didn't have the prominence, the success of the Capitals, mm-hmm. and now, you know, you, you got a you got a lot of people that the, the sports dollar can just go so far, yeah, and they and they don't want to go out to to Landover, and, and I'm, I'm I'm sorry that FedEx is associated with it, but out out to FedEx Field, it, it, when they and when they first built out there, Jack Kent Cook had such power mm-hmm. in Washington with all the power brokers. From the president, cabinet level, Henry Kissinger, all of them. He got it designated and had a U.S. post office designated as it being Ralph John Maryland, combining the names of his son, Ralph and John. Really? That's how much stroke Jack Kent Cook had. Wow. That's incredible. He could get anything done he wanted. <laughs> because all those people wow. wanted tickets from him on Sure. Sunday. I mean, that's, that's crazy. No. Uh, one name... Um, that is interesting to keep an eye on for the Cowboys in this D.C. job. Um, and even Trevon Diggs has uh, gotten on Twitter today and called for him to be their next uh, defense coordinator. That's Al Harris, um, who is the cornerbacks coach, uh, defensive backs coach, I guess um, you should say, mm-hmm. uh, for the Cowboys right now. A guy at the locker room, hire the coaching staff. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Especially after you came up short. Right. It'd be one yeah. thing, you know, after the Super Bowl parade, mm-hmm. another Lombardi trophy. In the in the foyer of of the star yeah. and the, the the team pipe in on who they want. <laughs> Not after that exit. 
Yeah, you, no. Uh, you, you play defensive back, and you let me worry about filling right, the coaching staff. Right, and so it's going to be interesting to see what they do, and I think, uh, Brett, that's going to be a, a big reason that you have to nail this hire if you're the Cowboys because everybody's going to be talking about that last game for the Cowboys' defense and just how, how poor of a performance it was. Right, we always have, but we're certainly in a time now where locker room dynamic, chemistry, get-along is very combustible. Social media that gets the blame for everything except for cracks in the sidewalk. It, 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 it gets a lot of the blame and it's impossible for somebody to go in and tell Diggs or anybody, a, a Tiger basketball player, a college football player, clam up on social media. We, we, yeah. we don't, we don't need you, uh, giving all your opinion. You, you see the, the players' families for the Cowboys and all, all their tweet storm that they're having in, in the, consternation that they have over Dak that is one of the dynamics going forward that almost is as important as having five stores five stars or all pros is keeping your locker room Mm -hmm. sane yeah yeah no that that's huge and now especially with how big social media is getting and and uh for that matter uh, podcast. I mean, we're seeing all these these active players having podcasts because you and, know, and and they can afford it. And sure, they, and they they, sure. And they they should should do it. Yeah, with studio setups that networks would dream of. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're right about Back, that. And, and they're all trying to cash in and maybe be the next McAfee. Yeah, and so you know, it seemed like a couple years ago when we were talking about uh, podcasts and, and athletes and podcasts, it was it was former players, and now you're seeing a lot of current players doing that. And I think, as much as you know, I'm 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 in favor of it for it. You know, if you're a player and and you know you want to have that type of platform, go for it. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of owners out there. I think there's a lot of front offices out there that get a little nervous when uh, when they have players that are going to be so prominent in podcasts and the first one I think of is is Micah Parsons and you know there have been multiple times this season that there have been stories that have come out just because of things that he has said on his podcast and as as putting um, the spotlight on this Cowboys team and so you know it's it's definitely something that is is certainly new to these uh, to these franchises and I will be consistent about kind of this theme going forward and i did a show yesterday and somebody at you know kind of one of those way 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 too early yeah look at college football shows and asked me two or three things that you really hope for for next year with Ole miss well number one good health absolutely stay injury free yeah. if you have that then a lot of things take care of itself second sane locker room continue mm-hmm. just just have have no drama there yeah I mean, those are those are the two biggest things right now. If now, you're and, winning, that good chemistry uh, usually takes care of yes, things. But the Yankees in the '70s, they, they <laughs> fought among themselves. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, at first pitch, they were all back together. No, you're you're right about that. I got I got a text earlier okay. from a friend that said we were at the Wisconsin Parkside oh, game, wow. and I have the tickets. Done. Wow. Went to all of them sitting in F North at the Coliseum. I know exactly where that is. And he said, Heidelberg Student Princes. That was their nickname. Interesting. For Heidelberg. I don't remember Benedictine College's nickname. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't begin to, no. to try to guess it. Uh, sad news that I'm seeing on, on Twitter, and a lot of people around here will know him and certainly know the famous sports family. Dickie Nutt, assistant coach at Missouri, has announced that he's stepping away 
from the Missouri program as an assistant with Dennis Gates. And in, in, in the release, it said, after a recent, I'm quoting, after a recent checkup, I was diagnosed with cancer and oh, will begin wow. chemotherapy treatment in Columbia early, Columbia early next week. I have a great team of family, friends, colleagues, student athletes, and doctors surrounding me. And it goes forward with he wishing the best to Mizzou basketball. And he looks forward to returning uh, Dickie Nutt, the second oldest brother of the four famous Nutt brothers in Little Rock from Central High and a really good good guy took arkansas state to an nit tournament uh, ncaa tournament mm-hmm. in 2000 and was later head coach at semo and been an assistant coach at a lot of places and the the nut boys could play some ball yeah any sport any anything yeah oh, wow i know that's super sad here i hadn't heard that um but yeah now seeing it and uh, obviously on staff at Missouri, and uh, you know Missouri has, has had their struggles, but you, know, you never want to see uh, my, someone in a program with something like that. One of my favorite days at Ole Miss ever. First year, so exciting, great season, beat Florida down at Florida, mm-hmm. get to the Cotton Bowl, and at the Cotton Bowl, big lunch, and it's a big deal. Tiger, Tiger fans and media will know uh, what I'm talking about after that they went and at the big meeting brad shams the mc voice of the cowboys voice of the cotton bowl Uh and and that day houston gave me a ticket to the luncheon and said here i want you to sit at my family's table and it was dickie and dennis and danny and miss imogene nut their wives and kids 10 or 12 of us that was a real honor for me to sit with a, a truly great family wow that's awesome um that sounds like a fun afternoon but uh, and the stories were great oh i i believe it i'm sure all sorts of stories um but no, and, and, and their mother tells the great story of when houston was being recruited and at the time probably the most recruited player well, jerry eckwood uh, would be up there at arkansas and coach bryant comes in the weekend before National Signing Day, mm-hmm. and, and Coach Bryant goes all, went all the way back to Fordyce with their granddad. Yeah. They, they they grew up in Fordyce together, and like all the coaches, he was saying, "Oh, Emma Jean, you, you know your spaghetti. It, it's just the best I've ever had." They tell all, and she said, "Bear, I know you tell all the mothers that. <laughs> don't, don't give me this stuff." <laughs> That's great. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, no, I mean you get around some of those. Uh, some of those events and and go to those luncheons and you you hear some great stories and uh great story that that was a fun day and and that day both starting quarterbacks uh would 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 throw a game ball Mm -hmm. out to the to the crowd oh and and graham harrell was the starting quarterback for texas tech for mike leach Mm -hmm. and the quarterback for Ole miss that day was jevin sneed really that that year And and he you know and now both jevin and mike leach both both gone uh, Brett, we have some breaking news before we get to a break that I have to share. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that the Memphis Grizzlies are trading Steven Adams to the Houston Rockets for Victor Oladipo and three second-round picks. Bring it on. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Houston, I hope you did your medicals. <laughs> I don't think they did any medicals if they're taking Steve. Unbelievable! Adams. That's uh, that is really, really. And I'll be honest, one of my buddies. Today's not April first. It's February first. No, 1st. it's February first. Put an April Fool's joke on me. No, already. Brett. I had to. Uh, I had to look it up a couple of times um, because now, of course, with the way t- Twitter is, Big Steve Adams. Thank you, but uh, yeah, I'll take it. Tyfys. Well, thank you for your service um, to to him. I, I had to double check it, and I have not seen uh, Demichael Cole. Nobody here locally have has confirmed that. 
that um, or said it, but Woj, and you got to make sure you got to like triple, quadruple check nowadays on Twitter that it's the actual the real Woj. Woj. I do believe it is the actual Woj because I got a notification about it. Um, so it does look like the Grizzlies um, have, in fact, made a move, and it looks like Victor Oladipo will be a Grizzly. Big move. That is a huge move alongside those three second-round picks. Wonder if um, they'll work to move those and make another deal uh, before the deadline. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. We're just getting started, so. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! This is for all the biggest press time. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye! It's obviously crunch time. Hammer! Nail! Coffin! This baby is over! The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three-cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, I learned a lot today. First, uh, what we learned, yeah, what we just learned before the break. You asked me earlier in the show if I thought the Grizzlies would make any moves, be active at all at the deadline. I said, I don't expect them to do much of anything. I would have said the same thing. Oh, man. And now, um, Victor Oladipo. If we say up, they're going down, aren't they? That's uh, <laughs> just how, it's how it goes, Brett. But, uh, what, yeah, it's confirmed everywhere. Yeah, too. yeah. It's, it's, it's the truth. And so, uh, Victor Oladipo and a handful of second round picks coming back to the Grizzlies for Steven Adams. Uh, the other thing I learned today, I really, didn't really learn it today, um, but today was the first day of games for the Caribbean series. They're playing down, um, in Miami where the, uh, Marlins play. And uh, so representing uh, Puerto Rico is the team managed by Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina. That's right. He was uh, managing a team this year that played in one of the winter leagues down in Puerto Rico. In all of those countries, the winners of those, uh, they go and then they play in the Caribbean Series. So he is representing Puerto Rico as the Puerto Rican manager. We know so often managers or catchers become managers and and sometimes great managers. That's kind of the position. Uh But we also know the whole thing about can a great player be a a good coach, good manager. Yachty was great, wasn't he? he, he you go into the Hall of Fame, you were great. Easily. Uh, I mean, first ballot, Brett. But I do think he will be a great manager somewhere, someday. Brett, I was telling John earlier. And I want him to be, even if it's not in St. Louis. Well, Brett, I was telling John earlier that Yachty was auditioning for St. Louis. I mean, he's getting ready for an opening to come about when I the say Cardinals. About Mike McCarthy, don't start 0-3. 
Uh, Ollie Marmel, I wouldn't start Levin in 21. No, 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 no. You got to start positively. Yeah, you do. I I learned today, uh, Mizzou must be really bad. Arkansas put it on them in Columbia last night. In Arkansas, they're trying to quit. quit. They're trying to collapse. And now the whole non-conference portion of the Tigers' schedule, it's really being tarnished. Mm -hmm. A lot lot of those wins just don't have any luster on them. Mizzou and Arkansas, both. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that, and you know that was a game between two teams that are at the bottom of the SEC last night. And, and Arkansas got the win. Um, there were some real teams, effort questions around Mizzou last night. There, you're you were right about that, and really all season for both of those teams. Uh, what I could have done without. Uh, uh, it seems like just yesterday we were uh, talking about the weird story out of Alabama with their baseball team where their head coach uh, allegedly gave information um, about their team. Now we know a lot more, and we have the ruling from the NCAA for Brad Bohannon, the head coach for Alabama. Uh, This is what uh, came out of it, that supposedly Bohannon texted a better hammer. The pitcher that was supposed to start is out for sure. Let me know when I can tell LSU. Hurry. So that's bad. That that's is not. I mean, bad. that is worse bad. than I would have ever, yeah. ever assumed. Um, but the ruling down from the NCAA: three-year probation, uh, a five thousand dollars fine, fifteen-year show clause, and if hired during that fifteen-year show clause, Bohannon is suspended for five regular season games. I'd put the money that they put on LSU that night. That there is not a school in the country that is going to get anywhere close to Brad Bohannon. No, they won't. How long is this show cause? Fifteen years. Uh, he's done. Yeah, he's not. He's, not, he's yeah. not coaching again at that level or hardly anywhere else. I could have done without again the equivalency crowd. Yeah, I know FAU lost to a quad four in Bryant, and I know Kansas loses, and I know Arkansas's had a kind of a NIL controversial year as well. That's all excuses. I mean, just here locally, how quickly this has turned from, yeah, they do it too, from talking about being in the top ten. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a wild two weeks, Brett, to say the least. Where are you being tonight? FedEx Forum headed mm. downtown for the Grizzlies against old friend J.B. Bickerstaff, 29-16. and 16. The Cavs, after Donovan Mitchell got his uniform number last night, hmm. 45 for 45. Crazy. 12 and 8 on the road this year for Cleveland against 5 and 16 at FedEx Forum for the Grizzlies. Wow, that's a it's going to be a fun one tonight at FedEx Forum. I really do think being me though tonight on the second leg of the doubleheader on TNT 76ers and Jazz. The 76ers enter this game on a four-game losing streak. Have really looked out of sorts lately, but they come in with a 29 and 17 record on the road against the Jazz. Brett, I remember it does not feel that long ago that we were talking about the Jazz being one of the worst teams in the NBA. Now they're 24 and 25, looking to go 500 right now. They're a five and a half point favorite tonight at home. Lakers on the Fame Parquet in Boston for that great series. Wisconsin at Nebraska in the Big Ten. Tulane at SMU in the AAC. You watching? 
I'll, absolutely, I'll be watching. Gaming Why not? It? Uh, maybe. Pa- I couldn't tell you one way or the other right now. Pacers at Madison Square Garden against the 31-17 and 17 and Red Hot Knickerbockers. Brett, as everybody knows, I am one. I do not plan out my bets. I am a spur-of-the-moment better. better huh? I'm a feel-better. You, you don't have that Waffle House play sheet in front of you on the no, sideline. No, I do not. I, I'll tell you. Uh, Draw it up in the dirt. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, Jay Morgan used to get mad at me all the time because I would come running in in a frantic at 6 o'clock after our show is over and go, I can't believe I forgot to bet on this team that played at 6 o'clock. So, um, Man the battle station. Uh-huh, yeah, so I, w- I will not be prepared to bet on any of these games tonight, even though I'll bet on a ton of them. Well, that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. If you're going to the Grizzlies game, enjoy it tonight. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.